Hello everybody, welcome back to the Precision Unloaded podcast. You are once again joined by Mark and Graham. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Graham. You're recently back from an extended trip overseas. Yes, uh, been to Victoria, which we'll be talking about, and uh, spent a week in the Sunshine Coast well, what, recuperating. What was the weather like? Yeah, sunny the whole time. Oh, cool, yeah. So, uh, although, well, Victoria was about the same temperature as here, so. Yeah, when, whenever I've been to, like, the Pacific Islands, they're they always like, oh, yeah, no, it's weird that it's raining. It never rains. And I'm reasonably convinced that they just lie to everybody and tell people it's normally nice there, but it's normally a, a bit shit. You, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, should we tell people there's a rainy season? No. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> when anyone goes fishing, they're like, man, they caught big fish yesterday. Weird no one caught anything today. Yeah. That's uh, Graham's guide to traveling the Pacific Islands. Um, Fishing's going off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, massive mahi mahi! Oh, it was great. No, uh, so this is episode uh, sixty-eight. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, several of us Kiwis recently, very recently, travelled over to Australia for it was around four of the Australian Precision Rifle series, and as Mark said, Victoria and the, the small rural town, would you call it a village settlement? It's very small. Uh, yeah. Of, of Buchan. Trying to, I, I said the size of Uranui, but then I retracted it. No, Uranui's got Uranui. more stuff. It's got like a, yeah. a small super, like a supermarket there. Well, I'm not going to lie. The pub at Buchan is about 200 times better than um, the Uranui pub. Yeah, no one threatened to punch me in the head at Buchan. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't get decked in the toilets. <laughs> no. no. No, the old place didn't smell of feces. Anyway, um, so Buckham, shit, what were we, five hours out of Melbourne somewhere? Yeah, somewhere. so we basically head, e- head east yeah, uh, to East Victoria. and um, By the yeah, Gippsland, by the Gippsland, they told me. We yeah, east, basically come east out of the farmlands and head up into the forested areas. And we're sort of in a bit of a gap where there's quite a bit of farmland. One of the areas. We're driving it. Driving at three AM wasn't a great idea. But anyway, <laughs> one of the areas that, that got that got hammered by the fires a few years ago, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, not that you can tell much now, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, so we so what's going? We 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 uh, we've been talking about this for about a year, but we um, so uh, Mark, Collie, Wilkie, and myself we flew over on the Thursday, <clears throat> rendezvoused in Auckland with everyone, and we jumped on. A big airliner, which is pretty hassle-free. Um, getting the firearms through the New Zealand side is um, no hassle whatsoever. In reality, you just hope that it's uh, you're connecting flights, the luggage gets between them, uh, which it did. So uh, just on that, let's probably do a little side bar on that. So doing it on the New Zealand side is not too. It's still paperwork, but not a lot. Not to take it out, just no. to bring it home. Yeah. So to bring it home, all it required was a an import permit from whatever the whatever the frick our firearms thing is called now. I don't know what it's called some some shit. So that you could yeah. submit through them, and you can a permit import just like you would if you were buying buying a machine gun or a pistol or a rifle from overseas. It's exactly the same. And um, yeah, and and also <clears throat> uh, 
we also had an import permit for ammunition too, just in case we had leftover ammo, which we did. So um, yeah, so that was pretty simple. And then when you get there, they just have to, um, a few people go over that, nothing too serious. Just check the serial numbers match and, um, you know, it's not a, an AR-15 or something. Yeah. And physically inspect the <coughs> firearms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah kind of. Yeah, it wasn't too intense. Um, I, I, I get yeah. a feeling they don't really know what they're looking at most of the time. But I mean, it's so, it's approved, so they just check it's what's approved. And, yeah. Yeah. So then once you've done it once, would it be an easier process down the track? I mean, not because it's still the same process, but... Uh, well, we're, we're heading off again soon, and that's to a different state of Australia. Yeah. So that'll there'll be a few slight different things. I know the paperwork's been a bit different. In fact, I'm still trying to get some of that back. Hopefully it comes back next hour or two. Um, so there's just small differences between the states and also um, some legal differences in what you can take into different states, which I've since learned, which we can touch on later, that certain things are legal in Victoria aren't in New South Wales, which is annoying. But um, yeah, but anyways, conversation to itself was yeah. interesting talking to them. Yeah, but you keep going. Oh, and we use these, and they're like, oh, God, you guys are lucky. <laughs> like, we're lucky. Yeah. Anyway. But but anyway, so we we flew over, um, uh, getting the firearms through. Like, is it? We have customs. They're border force. It's the same thing. Um, same thing. We just had to go to a certain area. And then um, they realised we were travelling together with the three firearms, so they brought them out and we um, just had to provide the appropriate paperwork. And um, it didn't actually take too long. Maybe it took us half an hour to get through um, through there with our, with our rifles and get them all checked off. And then we were free to, free to leave. And Mark was waiting out front because, well, I should say Mark wasn't shooting. He was, uh, quote, team manager of the uh, New Zealand team. Um, I'm not sure yes, if you appointed yes. yourself or did we? I don't know. <laughs> the title changed a lot over time. Yeah. It's a porter originally. Yeah. Gopher. Gopher. In- intern. <laughs> um, anyway, Mark. Supreme leader and then we, then we dialed it back to team manager. Team so. manager. You even <laughs> become a photographer at one point, not even for us. Yeah. I'm, okay. uh, I'm still waiting for my... Um, Your royalties. My royalties from those, but anyway, they're probably all complete rubbish. Yeah. Um. So, what was the vehicle? We'll talk about that. What was the vehicle you organised us? Um. I'm just finishing off on the. So you basically you give yourself an extra half hour either end when you're flying with rifles. Ah, uh, more than that, I'd Maybe say. Maybe more. Yeah, yeah. When we. Make sure you're well early. <clears throat> yeah. When we left, like when we arrived back in Auckland, we had to rush off the plane to get our connecting flight back to New Plymouth because obviously the international domestic airports are not that close to each other but you've got to run between them and yeah and so that soaks up a bit of time but I mean we couldn't do much about that because it's just where our flights were um, situated so I'd give yourself an extra couple of hours with a, with a firearm and then just rather have to wait than miss a flight yeah because I don't think they really give a fuck if you miss your flight no <clears throat> Uh, anyway, so we anyway we got to Australia. We rented a big vehicle. Was it a Prado? So yeah, a Toyota Prado, which was uh, almost big enough. <laughs> yeah, like this people. is this is great. But then when you have firearm, so you got our rifles, right? And our big sort of um, uh, like tool pro cases or, or um, yeah, whatever, they don't fit in the back of it. So we had to fold one seat down. 
And so now what would have been a comfy ride means two guys in the front are comfy, two guys in the back are squished up, which was yeah. a bit of a fuck up. But So it, shotgun became very a privileged position. It did. And like it was that it was that shit in the back. You'd agree to just like an hour in the front. It's like, all right, I got shotgun. Cool, I'll just do an hour and then I'll swap out with, with whoever. And we'd, we'd loop through like that just to give everyone's um, sort of um, a bit of a rest. Um, yeah. me, I drove so you guys could, could you know, mentally uh, prepare. Yeah, well, so like some of you on listening will know, have traveled with Mark, he refuses to let anyone else drive, um, which is good when you don't want to drive. But to be honest, you would have fit quite well in the back. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but anyway, so next time we'll get a van, I guess. Um, what have I sorted? A ute. Oh, there you go. Like a, so double cab ute with a canopy then fits those perfect cases long ways. Yeah. Perfect. Right. So. <clears throat> anyway, so we get we get this thing and we start heading. It's my tip of the day. We start heading the first several hours until we reach the town of what's it called? I'm, I've got the, the shooting mat in front of me. Bucking. No, Barnsdale. Oh, Barnsdale. Which yes. which we'll talk about this because I got one of the coolest gun shops I've ever been to. And the whole world actually it was fucking awesome. Yeah, which is interesting because it's really only just, in relative terms, been set up. They so must. Been, yeah. They must have a good they website were, or something. They, surely they, they do on themselves. No, they were telling me about because the, the previous guy, um, I don't know if you remember ski and sports in Taranaki. Yeah. Yeah. So the previous guy, his store was like a tiny, back alley, shed sort of thing. You know, basically full of gun safes, and they said by the time he had um, sort of, you know, had it for a long time, it was like a going into a hoarder's basement sort of thing. Yeah. Just stuff everywhere, piled up. So they basically bought this bigger bigger shop and bigger floor plan, and uh, I think they basically said, you know, we're gonna, we'll buy you out, or whoever the other guy was, yeah. And um, so he got it set up and basically created a um, pretty impressive setup, stock-wise and everything. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going drive into Gun this sport place. Trading. We're driving to Barnsdale. It's just flat as all frick. I'm from, you know, we're in the hills here in Taranaki, right? And like the hills I live on would be considered a mountain range where they are, let alone Mark's Farm in Artiti where we do our events. So. Just flat, boring, nothing to look at. I'm just, I'm just stuck staring at Wilkie for fucking several hours in the back of the car, and then, yeah, like Mark says, we get to this place, and Collie goes, "Oh, we've got to go check out this, the shop. We're going past it anyway." And they're the title sponsor of, of um, the Buckham Round of the PRS, and, <clears throat> and we wandered in there. It was about shit. Had us four, nearly five yeah, o'clock. Yeah, four thirty. Yeah, yeah, they opened at five thirty, which again a little bit later than us here in New Zealand. It was, it was cool. First thing you walk in, oh, there's a bunch of shooting bags. Not just like the the shitty fucking Corwell V bags and that crap. It's like there's different barricade bags made by some Australian manufacturers and stuff like that. You know, like um, sort of modern sports bags. And, and they've got the standard hunting gear and everything. And then, but man, then they've got just like ammo out the, out the wazoo, like stacks of 22 ammo, all the stuff we can't get. Um, you know, factory Hornaday Match Creed, more ammo. 6.5, 300, 7 PRC, you know, there's stacks of it. And obviously there's no, like, 
the shit they can't get there, like suppressors and semis and stuff. But um, and they they sit there pretty friendly and they start yarning and figure out with Kiwis and they figure out we're going to this event that they're sponsoring and um, yeah, man. So they sort of show us around their store and like like um, like Mark said, they got a massive selection of of sporting firearms. Um, right back to like they got old three hundred threes. Um, they've got a ca- like an old um. Uh, cabinet with some old old ammo and flare pistols and like stuff on display <clears throat> they've got uh like what they have like mdt chassis set up with whatever barreled actions in them with like uh, the zeiss scopes and the um uh the theos from element all set up on tripods obviously no no bolt in them and stuff so you could actually get behind these things and have a fiddle and just a, a wicked shop and they were real real friendly and they gave us a few little uh accessories and we bought we, we all bought some stuff and they, they even tickled up the price on it for us um so weirdly if you go into the small town of um barnsdale it's worth a look barnsdale. <laughs> i've like heard, heard of that place before but um it's probably the size of new no. plymouth or a bit bigger i guess i'd get a guess smaller smaller yeah better yeah. better be uh stratford yeah it had Maybe. a uh um we here's something else my missus didn't even believe this. We went to the, the supermarket there. Or Ash, Ashburton, if you're from the South Island. We went to Coles. They still do plastic bags in Australia. I couldn't I couldn't oh. believe it when she put all my stuff in plastic bags. I was like, man, this place, based as, is awesome. Um, just not have to carry your shit out in your hands. <laughs> or in the paper bags that fall apart. <laughs> yeah, paper bags, or sometimes the paper bags that don't have handles. <laughs> anyway, um... But no, on the yeah the shop itself, Gunsport Trading. Um, I was really impressed. Yeah, just even the ammo, like you go to quite often places and you get down in calibers to the more, let's say, flavor of the month or more obscure. They normally have a box or two, but they had basically you know at least half a dozen boxes of most popular loads for most popular calibers. Even yeah, and it's going down to the even the brand new stuff. So they had seven mil. PRC, both, you know, quite a lot of stock of both loads of that, so, um, not that you could do anything and buy it, because it's not, it wasn't like I was going to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. um, I could actually, I could have yeah, bought back I, 150 rounds, to be honest. Oh yeah, true. Without thinking about it. Uh, I like how they had the scope set up so you could have a look through it and stuff straight away, mm. it means you're not, yeah. Oh, it's just, um, um, and, it was very modern compared to what we used to. Yeah, yeah. Probably be the term. And they had each scope manufacturer and a display case, and they had basically the full range or the, you know, of their five or six different scopes type of thing. Well, you know, the general main ones used. And I think mainly because of the type of business they're doing, they had quite a great selection of, um, you know, your PRS-style scopes. No radical dialing ones. They yeah. had the three to eighteen. Was it three to eighteen? The the loophole Mark Five. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't actually mm. seen one of those before. Still got a, a, a shit parallax, but man, if those things yeah. got a better parallax, that'd be a wicked, uh, wicked scope. Especially for it's quite funny. You look at all these rifles; they got quite different. To, oh, yeah. uh, similar range to us. Obviously, no semi twenty twos, as you said, but um, they didn't have sig crosses. You know, not that that's. Uh, a great loss. Um, but then he gets out this. Have a look at this. And he brings this case out and opens it up. And uh, this is this beautiful carbon fiber rifle. Oh, it's a Hardy. Like, oh. <laughs> was it an yeah. it was an X or hybrid? I can't. It's remember. like 
Yeah, it was. A, I think it was a Project X, yeah. and I was like, oh, we, we'll see a few of those. So was, <laughs> yeah. It was bringing it out as if it was like, this is pretty exotic, you've never seen this before. I was like, yeah, I, we get quite a few of them. Yeah, that guy there's got a heap of them. <laughs> yeah. He kind of gets them, sponsored just, by I'm Artie. standing over here, knows what they are. Yeah. <laughs> it just cracked me up, that it was a, yeah, big the reveal. coolest thing you could find. Yeah. Which, which, you know, because we're one of the very few rifles we manufacture here, don't we, so... Yeah, but but yeah, anyway, enough about uh, gun support trading. <laughs> it was yes. worth support them. Yeah, hey, if you're in Australia, um, and then we sort of moseyed on, <clears throat> got some groceries, like I said, got some plastic bags, which is cool as frick. Moseyed on another hour to Buckham, okay. and then we sort of we get to Buckham, and like it's there's shit. Look it up on a map. There's not a lot there, but they got a real awesome pub. So the old one burnt down. They told me it wasn't an insurance job, but it sounded a lot like an insurance job. But I'm not going to... Who am I to decide? And the community, along with some insurance money, um, rebuilt it as a brand new, modern rural pub. Um, but man, it's nice. Like a real nice, clean... Like, it's good. One of the nicest pubs yeah. I've been to, actually. And, um, yeah. When I build a country pub, that will be it. I, I don't think it would be that nice if you tried. Oh. Yeah. No, well. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. Um, it's it's it, the centre, centre, the focal point of the town, so it's, yeah, it's good. Well, that's what, they, that's what the um, the Aussie guys said. They said, because there's nothing else in Buckham, um, and the closest town's like an hour away, everyone stays in Buckham, so everyone from the event goes to the pub, so it's it's, it's like wickedly social. In a, in a, mm. I'm not mad into like going to pubs and stuff, right? So... But there, you know, they do they do a nice meal, and all these people like like minded, similar people are there from the shooting event side of things. Um, so like we went on the, the Thursday night, and then uh, uh, Rusty and Josh and some other people, and our new mate Stuart, who we'll we'll, we'll discuss later. Um, they turned up, and I, I'd talked to Rusty. I've been on his podcast back several years ago, a couple of times uh, in the COVID days, and but I never met Josh. Anyway, they they sort of wanted up. We we sort of. Got to know them and, and had dinner with them and stuff. And then, yeah, several other people turned up. And like I said, we, we met this guy, Stuart. Uh, Stuart with a 50 BMG. And then, um, yeah, straight away it wasn't... It was good. Like, it was just social straight away. And it was, um, yeah, it was a good time um, off the bat, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, I tried to explain it to... Um, who was I talking to? Anyway, I said, but like, when we have a go to a shoot here you know you meet all the people and they all seem really nice and different backgrounds and different places but all um pretty like-minded and it's the same in Bucken. all the people we met were really uh friendly oh you know they gave us grief being kiwis and doing strange things to sheep but um that's standard for australians but um yeah and, and yeah and and even the people in the town they knew the shoot was on and they were really you know there was happy that people are coming in spending the money in the town sort of thing so as opposed to going you know what are you weirdos doing <laughs> i tell um, you what i've never really been accused well you accused me a while ago of rooting a sheep but i got inundated with abuse from australians about that i've heard of it but man they that's their thing isn't it? <laughs> i lived there for three years graham and i became immune to it <laughs> like it didn't offend me but i was like man <laughs> Yeah. You guys are curious about what goes on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, anyway, so on the on the we uh we, then we went back to our accommodation and now we had some colleagues. Oh, we had this place last year. It was great, and it was like what was it, twelve hundred Australian dollars or something for like, the whole time for yeah. the four nights. So there, oh yeah, that must be pretty nice then. You know, it's a bit of coin. So, like so, add ten percent to New Zealand money, right? So another hundred twenty bucks. So thirteen hundred old Kiwi dollars, and um, it was a shit old. It was an old ass house from like what colonial times yeah um, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a, a the original farmhouse on the property yeah i shouldn't say it's a shithole it's just old as heck no 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 it's uh a bit shit a, a, a classic <laughs> um so that and the, and the rest of the property's got basically uh probably two bedroom like, sort of units separate, separate you know basically separate little um chalet type things they looked a bit so, more and mo- warm yeah <laughs> this is the centre. And so Buckin's about, I don't know, a couple of hundred metres up altitude-wise, South Victoria, so it's not uh, a sweltering, you know, fly-infested place at this time of year. So it was like, literally, the first night, you go, oh, this is not going to be warm. And the house has got, obviously, no insulation. At all. Nothing. I got, <laughs> I got sore feet on the wood floors. they <laughs> cold. Harden up, Graham. Well, I took anyway, good woolly ne- merino socks and my feet were cold. The next morning I got up, just this little warm patch in the bed, go, ah! and I got went outside and it was warmer outside than in. I was like, <laughs> my God. So, um, it was like one degree most mornings, I think, we were there. Because it's clear. And it yeah, was it was yeah. freaking, I hadn't had a but, frost at but, home yet. There's a frost when I got up in Australia. <laughs> the house, um, yeah. Certainly did uh, released its heat at night. So when we got there, like I think Mark, so Collie had already been there. So but him and Mark had like pre yarned and they just charged down and took these two big master suites, which had electric blankets. So I'm stuck bored in with Wilkie. There's two sets of bunks. We had to share the bunks because I don't think the bunks would have handled it. And, and like yeah, we've got the adults' room and the kids' room. But there's an oil heater in there, right? I'm like, oh, it's sweet. But then there's no other power plug, so we had to steal that to charge our bloody phones for the next day. <laughs> I woke up one little thin blanket cold as frick but I, <laughs> luckily the next night I found in the drawers a bunch of like old woolen blankets so we managed to bundle up a bit for the next few nights but um yeah that <laughs> no, was a good decision because you guys you guys were like kids on Christmas morning about 3 o'clock could bloody wake up and start yakking well it's 2 hours behind it would be like two. 5 you did tell us shit we just ignore them but like, yeah. it's five o'clock at home, six o'clock, so we're already up, right? And I think yeah, well, I might as well have a focused. shower before you guys get up. Collie's focused on mentally preparing and he's and can't get his sleep, you know, important. And you guys are jibber jabbering away. <laughs> yeah. I'm meant to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was uh, so this this good segue into Friday. <coughs> Friday, yeah, so I meant meant to be here day. I meant to be here. So the range was about what? five minutes up the road sort of back back up the road um, yeah in the middle of some gum trees and shit what a small range like i got told it was small when i've seen photos but it's like one bay of toka not even one bay of tokaroa for those who've shot the uh, five meters wide right? how, how wide maybe about 25 it's meters wide frick all day and i was oh, is, is the um and it's basically and outside of that is basically another 30 or 40 metres of uh, gum trees lining the range all the way down to 500 metres. The far berm was about 530 or something. And um, 
yeah, I was like, wow, this is narrow. <laughs> Especially with 50 people turning up. Yeah, some of them are asking because they sort of caught on what we did back in New Zealand. Like, hey, so how wide's your firing line? I was like, oh, sort of, it ranges from like, you know, 500 metres, 1,200 metres, depending, you know, what we're doing, maybe a K, whatever. And they're like, what? No, not the distance. How long's the wide's firing line? I'm like, no, that's the firing line. Like, that's, that's what we got to use. And if not longer, if we're shooting bows. And then <laughs> they couldn't quite fathom that. But <clears throat> So what they had was, it was like a covered in range, you know, with benches. But because the benches are permanent, you, you, they put the props out in front. Um, they'd yeah. put down like a bunch of pea gravel because the year before it had um, turned to mud. Um, which was nice. You weren't really in the mud. It was still like wet rocks But on the Friday. But that dried out for the weekend. But we just went there. What did we do? We... Um, as as we drove in the gate, we heard Wilkie mutter to himself. He goes, "I'm meant to be here," and we're like, "What?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing." <laughs> and then, so whenever whenever something's going on, we'd sort of say it to him. And I'm trying to amp him up, you know. It was quite funny, but um, this, this, if you followed the stories of the weekend, you would have seen there's a lot yeah. of stuff like that going on. It's going it's going to be on a t-shirt eventually. Oh time. no, let's do it. Jeff, we need yeah. some shirts made. Okay, you'll yeah. message me tomorrow. Cool. Um, we've got to, we, we could do a whole series of them actually. Um, mm. Anyway, so we the idea is you have to on the Friday you can zero your gun. They also had some props set up and a couple of targets. Um, because I shoot a six five six mil Creed, my ammo is significantly heavier than like the BRs and such. So I could only take one hundred ninety rounds to stay under my weight. So it's five they, kilos, eh? Yeah, because yeah. what they do is they, they count all you, how your ammo is stored as part of the weight. Okay, sweet. And then, um, so I was like, I need spare ammo if I have to reshoot a stage or anything, you know. carbon fiber ammo box. Well, I've since solved that problem. Um, oh. But anyway, um, so I went there. I I, um, I gave the barrel, well, really, I seasoned the barrel and I thought I'll give the chamber a good clean. And then I sort of cleaned it a bit aggressively forward of the chamber and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to refoul that. And I did, I had to foul it in <clears throat> like 10 shots or something to get it real, shooting real nice, sort of. The, the MPA barrel doesn't foul the quickest, sort of takes like 10 yeah. to, to really close up. Um, you know, I closed that up, yeah, it shot like three little groups. Yep, they're shooting perfect. And then um, there was a five, like I think it was a six inch plate or something at 500 meters. So I just shot that three times. Yep. Cool. Data's lining up. Stop shooting. And then that was like 20 minutes into the range being open. And, um, yeah, because I didn't want to use up all the ammo, blah, blah, blah. So pack the rifle up. Oh, here's something that was new to us. You've got to, you go there, you get permission when you can bring your rifles forward in the cases or the bags. You then take it forward, you lay it... Uh, uh, pointing point, downrange. Pointing downrange on the firing line. Unbox it, so when yeah. you open it, obviously the muzzle's downrange. You can then yeah. take it out, put it on its bipod. You then take the case back, either put that in your car <clears throat> or wherever behind the firing line. You can then use your, put your bolt and use your firearm. And then leaving is the same. So you again, um, you... Yeah, same thing. You have to take your case up, which is different for us because obviously, like, yeah. at our take event, your case up, yeah, and get someone to clear the rifle. Yeah, yeah, at our event Before next weekend, you could just bring your rifle out. Okay, obviously, in a safe, safe state. Yeah, 
but on these um these this range here and the the rules they run under no so that we, we just we went in knowing there was going to be something like this so I was very tentative how I moved stuff around Wilkie got in trouble straight away for leaving his rifle without a flag in it classic Wilkie <laughs> like we're there we're like yeah we're like there for like what a minute with the rifles out and then Wilkie <laughs> who's got this <laughs> yeah Collie's like it's Wilkie's <laughs> And I was like, oh no. <laughs> anyway, so I got that sorted. I think, um, I think, oh, I will say I had to actually, uh, I dropped my 0. 0.2. I did. That's what I had to do. Put my 0 down 0. 0.2, which is, which is fine. And then, um, it yeah. sounded like that was standard. Yeah, I think so. People seem to be saying that. I don't know. You'll get some weird problem sometimes in a shoot, and everyone starts agreeing with each other. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's true. Yeah, and yeah. So, so I sort That's of just, what I'm getting too. Yeah, I, I just no kind idea. of, I kind of stay out of it. But uh, just do your own thing and don't fucking worry about it. Um, but I think Straylock's corrupt. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy a Kestrel. Fuck Straylock, and then you just get fifteen hundred dollars less money. Like me. Um, I don't know. I was using the dope for a different gun. <laughs> oh, it's my three hundred windbag. <laughs> not my six five, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think uh, Wilkie took a little bit to get zeroed. Um, I think Collie and him. I think I know Collie. You know, took over like two hundred fifty rounds. So he burned a bunch and just just doing a few drills. Yeah. And then I think it wasn't until like four we got our range book. So like for me, I'm just waiting there for ages. I just wanted to get my book and go go to the pub. But um. So all your scopes were on or not? Yeah, I just left it on, man. I got a yeah yeah. I got a four thousand dollar scope with a like a six hundred dollar mount. You know. Yeah can't handle yep. being in a soft case um, no and yeah and then so wait, wait all day wait all day and, um so that how many how many competitors do you think would have turned up on that day zero oh, day most of them yeah maybe two thirds or something yeah yeah and I so, suppose the local guys don't need to but yeah I just and so we end up just talking shit with, with, with these different Aussie guys and um which was good and um started talking to this guy Stuart um about thermal hunting and stuff so I, his brother's got a YouTube channel. The name escapes me, but he's talking. When we're at the pub, he's talking about his short fifty BMG, and I know. Uh, but there's some problems around parents' laws in Australia, so they're sort of on again, off again, what they're allowed, depending where you are. But they did a fifty with it's like an eighteen inch barrel or something, because it's small. Um. Yeah, he brought off a, an elderly gentleman who had a collection of stuff. Yeah. And it, it, it quite a obscure. So he'd replaced the um factory barrel with a carbon fiber shorter barrel in the 50 cal it's still quite it wasn't <coughs> yeah it was short yeah but yeah um so it's you know the velocity is probably even way less than our one because it was a desert tech hdi yeah. so he's done it too. Yeah. what i'll do is i'll actually get permission from him and i'll see if i can put some yeah. pictures up um I, I, yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't he's a cool ass guy oh yeah I just started playing this video. Um, if you want to look at it, look up um, Tony Gillahan on um, on YouTube. <laughs> they go hunting salmon with this thing. But anyway, and so I sort of thought, oh, I wonder if that's that gun. I've watched um, all these videos on YouTube. Um, like, they're pretty popular. And, and sure enough, it was. And So we're talking a bit of shit with him on the Friday. And then um, we ended up squatting with him. Well, I did. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. So he was actually shooting a Desert Tech SR... SRS? Yeah, SRS and A2. Th- yeah, and 308. Um, yeah. Which was um, 
which is awesome and he was every what single rifle inch barrel? yeah little little so every single rifle there was super high end um there's very oh. little in the way of um of factory actions it was nearly all custom actions all really really high end optics <clears throat> and then not that not that the, the ddi isn't but there's this 20 inch shroud at desert tech there and the muzzle brake just poked out of the the handguard because obviously no suppressor because that's illegal uh, or, or near illegal um so it looked quite out of place but it was cool although i'll caveat that by saying he did have a zero comp zero compromise optics scope on it so it wasn't if it was it was still a pump and setup but um it's quite cool and he was shooting um was it oh, he has zero compromise on that yeah z comp on it man yeah. <laughs> he's got like yeah, a, it's like are, a um, what, six, seven seven something here aren't seven kiwi yeah shit yeah mm. <laughs> it's cool it's a cool rifle and um he was shooting soft point uh, adi bulk hunting ammo through it <laughs> and he was doing pretty good too <laughs> although no, when it was... he also said one every one every 15 rounds wasn't going off when it, what he so figured out here. was when it was cold the primers weren't working <laughs> Their um, hang fire rules thirty seconds, so um, he had about three or four stages I saw. Where yeah, had, um, hang thirty second time delay. It, happen, it happened to him on the one one thirty second one stage. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, the thirty and second stage. It went click, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and there was a stage on the first uh, channel, whatever. Um, where it happened twice, yeah, so it was not ideal. So that's going to be half your time at least gone. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about him once we get to Saturday. Um, because a few things happened there, which is pretty cool. But uh, anyway, so we get all the guns zeroed. Made a bunch of cool dudes. Um, everyone's pretty happy. Head back to Buckham. Yeah. I think we... Well, hold on. Just on the... Yeah, so the firearms-wise, like you were saying... Um, I was had nothing much to do, so I was just going down up and down the racks looking at what different guns they had. So by far TMB breaks most guns pretty to a degree, you know. Would put them three quarters at least. Had TMBs on them. Yeah, I um, agree with that. And then uh, your Night Force seven to thirty fives probably would have been on a third of the guns, maybe. The attackers. Um, there, there weren't many there, scopes yeah. that weren't tier one. No, no. So then you had um, one thing we haven't got here is the the Burris competition scopes. Is it XTR Pro? Is it? Yeah, red and white um, top turret. They are cool. Um, they're pretty cool. Yeah, and you, you know you can basically around the elevation turret you can basically it's white, like a whiteboard, which people obviously have seen. Well, you variations get, of it you get two turrets with the rifle yeah <clears throat> and they pop off there's um, this little lever you undo and they take come off go back on awesome so zeroing tallest re- resetting zero stuff like that which uh, and even yeah with a basically a throw lever to do it um yeah and then the, the loop yeah you mark fives loopholes few of them uh, obviously carlos pretty well represented with the dlrs mm. yep um k525 eyes um. Yeah, and it's yeah. I, d- I probably would have seen three zero compromise. Didn't see too many. Guns. A few razors. 
Uh, not as many. Yeah, not as many as I would have thought. Yeah, we seem to, to be thirty sixes. We seem to be seeing less and less vortex in, in New Zealand, and maybe I'm not sure if it's the same in Australia. Mm. And I'm not talking the, the, the lower end vortex. I'm talking the high end, the the awesome stuff. Um, it's just not seeing as much as we used to. Um, not sure why. Yeah, and then rifle wise, um, quite a few accuracy internationals um, in terms of chassis, anyway properly i suppose and then um yeah mdt elites and things um then those weirdly which i've not seen before but apparently they they do exist and some people have them here the um is it frontier no foundation yeah foundation there's half a dozen foundations on there maybe yeah yeah uh, wooden so they're they're a monolithic wooden looking thing my carter yeah it's not wooden um so it look a bit like a big wooden stock looking thing. So apparently they deaden the recoil something fierce. I think you just have to say that when you spend that much money on one. You're <laughs> you're like, yeah, no. Nah. Why have I brought this? <laughs> oh, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, oh, de- it's recoil deadens. properties are distinct. <laughs> no, no. Apparently, uh, apparently they're pretty awesome. They're not my style, but they they're pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I'd have if it fitted me, it'd be. To me, it'd be a bit like a shotgun because they're pretty much, you know, there's no adjustability. That's a normal height for human beings. Uh, yeah, the cheek height probably. In a, uh, you could probably, you know, but in general, if it fit you or it wouldn't in terms of your setup. Um, and, you know, me being a midget, it probably wouldn't work. So, um, but no, yeah, I sort of watched them shoot them. They seem fine. They've got M-lock on the bottom of them, they? So, um but for a wooden looking stock it was, I'm, to be fair I've not seen a lot over here of, you know of any type like that there's a couple now um, floating around yeah yep. yeah um, so that was the foundation stocks yeah um, in terms of uh, yeah obviously everything's braked um, suppressors are essentially you have to prove you don't need it to get one and then they won't give you one so I tell you what, that range, if I could run a, if, if you could make a rule like, hey, this is a suppressed range, that would be the one to do that. By God, yeah. it was loud. Like, <clears throat> normally in the field, I'll shoot uh, just plugs or muffs. You had to, if I was just wearing earplugs, it was physically uncomfortable to be anywhere near the firing line. Like, yeah. plugs was okay just to walk back to the toilets, which was like maybe 50 metres back from the firing line, 60 metres back. But it was so loud, man. And you've only really got three <clears throat> three people shooting at once, but like I said, everyone's running big directional brakes. And it's just yeah. concussive. Um, that took some getting I lifted up my earmuff once to talk to someone. I didn't do that again. <laughs> but yeah, so there was, um, again, a lot of nice uh, high-end. To be honest, when there's that many high-end setups, they kind of just blur into one. I don't see any of it. Um, no, that's true. It was almost my last point was sort of... Um, all of those setups were, you know, built to win. To, you know, at, at our shoots, you'd see a variety of stuff. And over the last four years, whatever, you know, you've got range from, um, I guess, crossover hunting setups right through to PRS, you know, race guns. But there wasn't anyone there that turned up pretty much um, without a, a very well set up comp gun. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So yeah, that was uh, 
So I oh know, but would you see see that happening here where you have a basically a range day, or well, not a range day, a zero day, whatever? Uh, normally we're still setting up to a certain extent. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> being that we run practical events, um, it's not very practical to not have your shit set up, in my opinion. But I mean, people no, will but, scoff at that and go, ah, 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 but well. But that's their, their, yeah, despite its limitations on being a narrow range and all that, the advantage on the other end is it's actually a range, so it's pretty uniform and set up for people to turn up and, and get their rifle sorted sort of thing. You know what I mean? There's not like, you don't turn up and go, where do I shoot? So yeah. it's pretty obvious. And the, what I will say for them too also is when it comes to setting up an event, it would be terribly easy to set the steel out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like compared to like us this previous weekend setting up steel, like it's a fucking... <laughs> It's like it's a fucking mission. Well, when we break a target, you have to drive 1.8 k's to fix it. So yeah, um, whereas they just, which happened quite a bit anyway. That's related. Um, broken targets or broken, they just zip down the range and yeah, make another because it's just, <clears throat> just there's literally a road down one side of the range, right? So yeah, yeah. So I uh, the side end stuff. Uh, well, we could, but trouble is we're, we're that's time a lot of time is needed we're still doing jobs like you think about long range shootout this february gone like i was racing yeah. over to set up a hit indicator what at half past four the last thing we yeah. needed to do um but if these people are oh my gun's not zeroed um yeah although people seem to be used to i get the each major event i'll get people messaging like hey man i'm gonna need a zero board and i'm gonna need like validation like three six and nine hundred I, I get it uh, I get no. it and it's not like hey can I please They're like, hey this is what I need and I'm like hey man sorry I don't have I can't provide that um, but yeah anyway um, yeah I don't know maybe but probably not would be would be, would be my current answer um, so yeah so that was Friday done we went back to the Buckham pub which is the theme of the weekend I uh, can't remember what happened I remember it was a good evening oh you were pretty drunk no i don't i try not to drink uh oh that's a good point makes life simpler i had a um a buck and burger and then that was about it yeah anyway we might as well get to the the meat and potatoes which is the competition itself because we're already 40 minutes in um so we were required to be on site uh, before seven for a 7 a.m safety briefing um this this is a weird thing you go to these ranges you got to sign it because it's like some series of i guess it's an organization that represents them so you fill in like this chit like a tear off flyer but then you fill it all in and then you take it with you but you don't actually nothing stays in the book to say you were there i don't get it it was it was an odd thing and maybe we meant we meant to do something with them they said no no you keep that with you but um that, that confused me a touch rules um, yeah like there must be it must be the approved thing by police or something <laughs> weird like, um <laughs> my jacket i took that i couldn't wear <laughs> so here's a funny thing they're like oh yeah you're not what they say well like, oh we don't think you're no, gonna I, come I, out I, here, Mark. To, I, I, I knew it because i'd um I know for some other reason I was checking through the the general range rules and everything, just checking, reading stuff as a team manager, you know, to make sure you guys don't get kicked out immediately. Um, 
and had the no camo thing. I was like, oh. So on the Friday, I didn't. I just asked them. I said, oh, what's... Can I... I've just got a, you know, uh, warm jacket. It's camo, though. Can I wear it? And the guy that was there said, oh, I don't have a problem. I don't care. And then the other guy piped up and said, oh, actually, no, under the regulations, no, camo's not allowed. Essentially, it's a safety thing. So if you're standing downrange, etc., um, they definitely don't like people. It's, yeah, there's two two aspects to it I sort of gathered. One was um, a safety aspect, and the other one was um, people looking like a militia, I would probably say. Um, well, we have yeah. that rule here for pistol clubs. Which yeah. is a which is an internal rule, I believe, through Pistol New Zealand. Yeah. It's not a yeah. it's not a police thing. So anyway, uh, then the next day came and I saw about three people wearing camo <laughs> vests or jackets. <laughs> Some Look, weirdo with his inside out. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was you. Because yeah. it was so fucking cold, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I need my puffer jacket. It's fucking, it, but it's that, it's, that, it's that ugly tuatara camo. That um, camo. Yeah. Yeah. So I just turned it inside out. It looked like a bit of a pupter, but. Um, do you know what was funny about the camo thing? There was a guy there wearing a, an Australian Army camo vest. Yeah. <laughs> like, not just hunting yeah. camo. Oh, well. Australian so jelly bean. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Sunday I just wore my jacket and no one said anything. So okay. All right, so anyway, Saturday we've got the briefing at mm. uh, 7am. Uh, sort of standard sort of safety briefing. <clears throat> Going over standard stuff. And then we've got split the three squads. And so they had three squads operating simultaneously. And then sometimes you would run... You did most of the time. You'd run two stages at that prop or that combination yeah. of props. Yeah, then you'd move channel. along yeah. t- uh, twice and then they'd reset some props or something. And sometimes they'd go out and while that was happening, they'd reset some targets and and stuff like that. So that's how they kept it cycling through. And it wasn't too bad. Now, when, say, say Mark, sh- he wasn't shooting, but say Mark was shooting, when he approached the line to get, you know, beeped in, shooter, are you ready? sort of thing as soon as he goes up i start getting my shit ready and i can get my rifle out of the rack obviously pointing it up yeah and i can stand in like a um in the hole some would call it in like pistol shooting so you're there ready so as soon as mark's finished they've picked up his brass and he, he essentially moves off i'm straight up ready to go and um so that was that was real cool because um, we we have, we have trouble moving competitors in New Zealand sometimes to the point where I have to start people's time if they don't move. Um, so that was cool to see. They didn't really give you any chance to fuck around when it was your your turn to shoot. Um, no, but, and and they had a board with um, each person's name on it on a um, like a magnetic board, and they basically moved them through the. So each time you switched a um, stage, they drop the first name to the bottom again, so you knew exactly who was coming up. As long as, as you can remember so, who was who, though, that's why I keep getting lost. Uh, I'll be like, who the look, fuck's this guy? the same name? No, I just didn't Shazza know his name. Baza. Shaz and Baz yeah. and Murray. Um, Mother. Yeah. And, um, but, okay, here's the offside of that. The squads were like yeah. 15 people. More, more than that. Yeah, it was 15. So Yeah, one was 15. Yeah. So that's all good and well. But, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you've got time to sort shit out because you're not shooting for like fucking an hour right so um yes yeah, so i was gonna what was the gap you reckon between well average stage was 90 seconds so no yeah but whatever prep blah 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 yeah so how long were you waiting roughly 40 minutes 50 minutes an hour? well i'm just gonna let's just say it's 120 seconds if you add on the fuck around time right times 15 
1800 seconds divided by 16. 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, yeah? Yeah, right. Yeah. So plus target breakages. Yeah, yeah. All the other palaver. Yeah. yeah. So you're 50 minutes. Yeah. And so there is, so you've got time to make your plan. And even if, say, if you go um, and you're first up on the next stage, you've still got time to read your matchbook because you're not spotting and you're not scoring or anything. No. So you can you go. Oh, I'm first, so I better start figuring this out. Um, and, and you know you can <coughs> reload uh, mags and blah blah blah. So there's heaps more time because there's very little stages they can run at once. And there's um, nothing else you have to do because on each stage they have the guy running the stage and a spotter and a scorer. So they had three people on those three positions all all the time. So, mm. But yeah, which is. Partly, it's a um, factor in the fact they're on such a narrow range. It's just the way it is. They can do that. Yeah, it would be difficult for us to do that. We'd have all volunteers and no shooters. Yeah, we'd, um, well, <laughs> you know, you need, uh, what, 32 volunteers? So as a shooter, then, you basically didn't have anything else to do apart from get ready and, yeah. So was it, were you a bit more... I mean, given this type of stages and things, where you're more, uh, what am I saying? Yeah, a bit more nervous if you were early shooting on the stage? Uh, well, I only ended up going, I went first once. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I suppose with the squad sizes, you would yeah. yeah. Well, I intentionally went first on this first, so day two we had like this, this blind stage thing. I went first on that just to get it out of the way. Yeah. Like, oh, who's up first? I was like, fuck it, I'm ready, I'll just go. You know, It's not going to make any difference. If I go no. second last, so um, yeah, but yeah, oh, I didn't really bother me too much. It was quite good watching some of the um, like real good guys run through the stages because of it's the real you know barricade bench rest style of shooting. So like big heavy bag, big heavy gun, tripod rear. Yeah. Um, whereas I've not done a lot of the tripod rear and that sort of thing, so it's good to watch how they do it and plan it. Um, and uh, that that was handy to watch, yeah. Uh, not not that it helped me massively with how I actually shot it, but um, yeah. Yeah. But, did you get to any stage and go and then see some people and then go oh, and, and change your? You obviously normally yeah. Well, you uh, well you? there was one stage. I think it might have been. You could. Was it, I think it was the start of day two. Anyway, noughts, noughts and crosses. Yeah, I fucked that up bad. Did it dumb. <laughs> it was like my, it was the only stage I got like like I did really actually did bad. I got four points instead of out of ten. Yeah. And then, because I was actually talking with a bunch of people, and like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 and that sort of talking the same language as me, like we'll do it like this, do it like this, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I do it, and it was fucking shit. And then they were like, yeah, no, fuck that, I'm not doing that now. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then I watched Collie do it, and, every, and to be a fact, everyone else, everyone else, and like nearly everyone cleared the stage, everyone, like right through the field. And he's like, man, like Collie's like, you, that, you just fucking lost easy as fuck points, like six easy points. And it's like, yeah, well, I can't. Because oh, I've watched a few other people shoot that and they did exactly the same sequence. Yeah, yeah not me. And I got myself out of order on it and stuff. But, well, yeah. So the match itself was, um, targets were reasonably small, not tiny. Yep. Um, props were pretty solid, um, as you expect. They just sort of, they had like an aluminium skill stage with shit, barric- like barricade built into it. And then other stuff was just like tires and drums and random shit. Um, that was all fine. Times were reasonably tight um, to the point I timed out on a bunch of stages, usually with like a shot left or something. Yeah. Um, nothing was overly hard, though. 
like nothing that you'd be like oh you know oh there was that stage of 18 positions um, to get all your shots away on that you'd have to be moving mentally fast um yeah or or it turns out cheating and then you, <laughs> but we can talk about that well not really cheating but <laughs> shooting it wrong and um pleading ignorance but um yeah there was it was pretty standard in that regard i'd say just gaming the stage ga- gaming is the word i'm looking for here's one thing so on the on the first day there's a stage it was like it was our last stage of the day and it was it was like oh yeah you, you got to shoot these four targets and they weren't they weren't um, small targets they're sort of medium size pretty easy you can use like a bag like a puff pillar or a rear bag for one you shoot it once one time and you move and the second time it's like you can use you can't use a bipod or a tripod and you like use your sling or something and I was like, sweet. And it said, maybe do Hawkins. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm just going to shoot this Hawkins. And I went back to the hope. On Friday night, even, I did some practice Hawkins. I set it up like, yep, yeah, now I can get this pretty solid. And then on the day, they're like, oh, I heard them sort of, they were talking away to themselves on that stage. And someone said, oh, I think they're going to change up that stage, make it a bit easier. And I was like, fuck. And then what they did is they're like, oh, now you can use something from around the range. What do you mean? I like, oh, just grab something. And so like, can't see, there's big piles of firewood there for the fire because it's cold. So guys have got big lumps of wood and cinder blocks. So they shoot one side off their pump pillow or their game changer. And then they just move over and put it on a bloody big rock or a piece of wood. And I was like, oh, you fucks. Or an ammo case. <laughs> an ammo tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ammo tin. And I was like, I was like, man, this was like, to me, to be honest, that stage became like a pointless stage after that point. I was like, why would you even? It was... Yeah, I was looking forward to actually, um, you know, being restricted on the gear. But uh, but anyway, that's the Aussies aren't that keen on the. Uh... No, you can tell. I could tell because I was obviously not shooting, and um, they do actively try and um, yeah, get stages altered to be always having some quite good support. Yeah, so we won't go into specific details, but there was one stage where the where a competitor fucked up his order, got himself confused, ran out of time. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. Don't go too much specifics. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, well, of course not. <laughs> no, I, there's a stage I was watching, and um, you basically had to, you know, you had to go hit the long target from prone or whatever it was, and then um, hit one twice from the barricade, then back to prone, and then back to the barricade, back to prone, back, yeah, type of thing. So... Uh, this guy, I know I just happened to be watching and watching the um, the RO scoring and stuff and he basically started off and got up, basically shot off the barricade and then went back down and then when he got back up again, he um, only shot once, so he basically got out of sequence and so then he went back to the ground and so when you get out of sequence, they just don't, if you hit, they don't say anything. Um, they don't call impact, do they? So, and he immediately knew that he had stuffed up. So, you either decide to carry on or you don't. And he stopped and um, basically, you know, then looked at the ROs and were like, what's going on? What's, what's there's something, you know? And essentially, I'd looked at it all and the ROs had done nothing wrong. They hadn't called anything out of sequence or don't, you know. But he had basically argued it around that it was somehow their fault. After about half an hour of deliberations and mucking around, they let him reshoot it, and I was like, "Wow, that's uh, yeah, an interesting way of doing it." So he basically, I could tell straight away that he knew he'd 
get stuffed up the sequence and therefore stuffed up the stage potentially or yeah points wise so um it was bizarre i went up to the scorer later on and said oh, you did nothing wrong i didn't see anything that was done that was his all on him but anyway they were like and the scorer was still like no i think i might have made a mistake i was like <laughs> whatever <coughs> but that yeah it was interesting obviously they're very competitive and they probably do like anyone put pressure on um some of the staff volunteers when they know they can yeah so that situation was a bit odd for us coming from um what we deal with because here if uh well we just give them a two and if they keep arguing it ended up being a um, unsportsmanlike behavior disqualification um so or or, or, you know that two would become a zero or or worse you know like so (laughs) uh but that was uh, uh, no, that's where you're going to have pe- people confident enough to just go to them and carry, either carry on or stop. You're going to carry on or you're going to stop. Yeah. And do it on uh, on the, yeah, because the way, yeah, anyway. But yeah, and that's so... I'm talking in, in the moment. <laughs> so that, 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 but that was fine. It was, that was interesting to see. Like, we'd heard that um, that yeah. they'll uh, push and um, sort of... Uh, flex their way into to getting things changed and stuff like that or to the point they'll get props if they're not happy with the props they'll get them modified before you start stuff whereas um again yeah. here good luck with that i don't care who you are, you know like i'll make it worse but over there it's just they seem to uh um, flex a bit more and, and, and get their way um so yeah day one so like my first stage of the day i think it was, i got nine out of ten like i was, I was a bit nervous i was shaking i was like it's oh, good and that sort of went to like sixes and sevens and sort of thing and you just can't get sixes and sevens um <laughs> and, and expect to be in the top 10 over there man like there is there's like 10 guys shooting around college level yes yeah, so what is it in most stages are 10 shots so 10 yeah. points one point of shot so yeah you basically got to be getting eights and nines yeah and and a 10 when you can grab one yeah as you say Sixes and sevens are just uh, um, that percentage is yeah mid mid table. Yeah, and so um so so that that was oh I didn't definitely didn't expect to go there and win um like some people no. so no um more of a learning thing and just to see um see how far behind the curve I am compared to those guys. I will say like the I could probably do it in the roundup then but like they run big heavy guns man. Like that was like I was like, I figured it would be, but when you, <laughs> the guys are going, man, why's your gun so light? And I'm like, man, this is like eighteen pounds. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's light as. And it's like, okay. Um, so so that was something different than um, just big heavy guns. That was like they must be averaging like twenty four to twenty six pounds. Um, so and we basically had what mostly GTs, BRAs. Yeah, by far. Oh, there's still sixes. quite a few six five creeds mixed in there. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. um stuff like that but yeah but yeah and so yeah coming out of day one uh reasonably happy i, I still had a goal i obviously didn't want a zero stage i sort of came out not wanting to get below 50 percent on stage and i think after day one i was sort of well in that i was sort of at like 60 percent was my last and then that again i talked about that stage knots and crosses earlier uh next day I, I buggered that up and got four out of ten so that was the worst stage that's, of the weekend that's basically yeah and that's shooting all day using the, you know, basically it was, we end up not completing one stage basically at the end. They yep. ran out of time. Yeah. Um, 
and that was probably yeah we'd lost an hour over the day to broken targets so which is so good. all those shots on small targets is going to happen so yeah so uh, our mate we talked about earlier with the desert tech he goes to us oh um, where they do a lot of culling like semi-professional maybe they do, they do a lot of it right and because they get paid like if you shoot a fox there what do you get 10 bucks for a fox scalp or something or and then if you shoot a wild dog they get like 20 bucks for a dog scalp or something like just they got big packs of feral dogs i didn't know that was a thing but that's what they got <laughs> neighbor's dog <laughs> and uh, he goes oh, oh I'll just talk to the, talk to the landowner about whether they're staying there or something <clears throat> and he goes he um asked if i could bring some of your kiwis for a thermal and he goes oh yeah i like kiwis they can come so oh you come out for a thermal so we went out for for dinner again on the saturday night another great night at the pub um real good night actually and um then we went out oh it must have been wasn't that late maybe nine o'clock eight o'clock we collie and wilkie went back to the accommodation and we followed um stewart it turns out it was like the farm right behind where we were staying like it wasn't even a minute away was it no <laughs> it was like right there like you went on, onto the road and off the road into a gravel race <laughs> and the idea he's like do you want to sh- do you want to shoot some foxes and i was like oh fuck yeah um, we didn't. We actually seen a fox the other night. We didn't. We couldn't find any foxes though. But we uh, we managed to shoot a deer, which was a bit of a buzz. Not that I haven't shot fellow. Yeah, yeah fellow. Haven't not I haven't shot millions of fellow here, but cool. Never been sort of hunting in Australia, and just the amount of shit running around at night time there is pretty awesome. You know, and there's stuff everywhere. Uh, most of it's protected, obviously. But um, seen yeah. a possum. Can't shoot it. That's weird, right? You know, that's that's, so exciting. I remember the first the first thing that's he's like uncommon. He's like, hey, now you Kiwis, you got to remember that uh, we don't have a fucking suppressor. I'm like, why do you know? Have a, what do you mean? Like, because I don't think we've ever been thermal hunting without a suppressor, have we, Mark? Like, it's just normal. No, it's <laughs> and a bit then, weird. And then so I like, like EMFs <laughs> yeah, same. With that unsuppressed two v three. So that was <clears throat> that was a fucking eye opener, you know. Um, so they've all got like. Um, Unbeknown to me, every cunt in Australia has a 79 series Land Cruiser. Yes. Like, we get to Buckham, 70 series, sorry. we get to the pub and there's just this massive row of Land Cruisers. And I thought the truck we'd leased was nice, but it turns out it's no, no, no one gave a fuck. But, um, no, if you're driving a Hilux, you've fallen on hard times. <laughs> you're a povo. In Australia, yeah. <laughs> you're homeless. You're homeless, yeah. And, um, you know, so we got in this, this cruiser and he's got, is it the same thermal scope you've got? Yeah, uh, XP fifty Pro probably. Yeah. So but, with the, with the with the rangefinder on top. So, mm, so okay. Similar. He's feeding info to a little tablet or phone or something. So we're in, we're watching everything he's looking at because one thing when you're thermal hunting, like when I go with Mark, he'll be like looking around like yeah yeah yeah. And he goes, I can hear him muttering like oh yeah, there's something something. And I'm just standing there in the dark, you know. <clears throat> but this was cool because I could actually see everything that the uh, thermal. No, I, I can do that with mine. I haven't bothered. So there you go. Well, you have to now. Life. I know, I have to. Yeah. So you can basically Wi Fi to a tablet or a phone. So we basically could sit in the back and see whatever they were looking at. Yeah, because uh, I. So, like, Mark watched me shoot my deer. In fact, I've got a video of it somewhere I can put it online. And then later on, there's some more. And so, and so Mark and Stuart jump out and sort of sidle around to get these things. They, they, they walk off, they move off into the gum trees. And, but I could watch everything Mark was seeing. And I'm, I'm yeah. sitting like 30, 40 metres away in the truck, just in a nice warm truck, right? 
so that was um that was neat it was so it was, was really good getting out with those guys and actually um doing a bit of uh, thermal pest control um bit of a treat we actually yeah. had plans the next night to go look for some samba before it got dark but it turns out the prize giving was quite early yeah so maybe next time we shoot some sand no so it was certainly interesting um you know that where we went was the fire obviously the the big fires there in 2018 i think it was um pretty intense ones a lot lot of the area was hit so i think the property we're on had the house and everything gone off it from back then um Mm. so yeah and you could tell you know often the fires go through there and the trees will um regenerate they may basically you know, they're used to getting burnt so they'll it won't affect the top of the trees that sort of thing but um you can see looking from town to some big hills there where the fire had pretty much killed everything to a degree so it must have been pretty uh yeah which i talked about he said basically that fire season there was pretty much no one who was not uh, affected by it so it's a bit of a um yeah it's an eye-opener um living in an area like that you certainly got to work as a community and look out for each other and those sort of things what what were they saying is the sort of um that most everyone has like some those rural communities they've got like fire fighting knowledge and equipment yeah. now to, like he said yeah. that fire the deaths what do he say there's like nine in that area or something that yeah and the property loss yeah so yeah. people have but he Basically said up the game yeah, sprinklers and yeah, he house said, but, protection stuff. But since he said, yeah, people are so much better at actually, and they clear away. Yeah, I guess up to close, but <clears throat> man, but it's it's just the, the differences there compared to here with well, not just farming and everything, but it's um they're they're real similar to us. Like these Aussie boys, they just love the same shit. They're all obsessed with like like hey, if we if we uh if we come over, can we like borrow some suppressors? Like if we import our guns and we're like, yes, yeah, no worries, you know. <laughs> like, oh, how how much like, is the suppressor? Oh, three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> about a thousand here if you can get one. Like, obviously, yeah. is there a permitting cost? It must yeah. be. Like if we if we come over to where you guys are, like, is there stuff we can shoot? We're like, oh, it's not really many deer and stuff. No, 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 we wanna we wanna kill possums. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there's some of those. <laughs> Yeah, and then you, you tell them about our um, possum rifle series when we're shooting sort of several hundred a night, and they can't believe it. They're like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> it's like, "Well, there's a heap of them, man." But um, but yeah, anyway, send me your twenty twos. Same thing. You would give me some ten twenty twos. I forgot that as well. That they, they don't have yeah. So yeah. Like, I run a ten twenty two in competitions. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> I don't think they know how shit they are. Yeah. <laughs> like they're okay, but hey. Oh, yeah, I got one too. Yeah, um, but yeah, and so anyway, so that was that was Saturday night. That was real, real cool. So we didn't get back to after midnight, but uh, it was too, too. I was I was not up near the top of the point, so a little bit extra uh, less sleep wasn't going to be yeah, too bad for me. Save you? So it wasn't going to save you? No, 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 definitely not. Um, and then so we, yeah, we moved to Sunday. Same thing, seven a.m. start. First stage of Sunday. So they had this thing in the matchbox. It's like ah. Oh, Welcome to Buckham. Welcome to Buckham. Stage stage two one. Shots. Yeah, two shots, thirty seconds. No dope dope pre dialed. It gave you a distance. And I was like, Oh yeah, what's going on no here? They're like, it's a blind stage and then we go there and they're like, Alright, so what it is is there's three targets, it's like three hundred and eighty meters, like seventy mil discs. 
they're like you get 30 seconds you gotta get into position i think the bipod, bipod had to be folded get in position yeah. dial your dope insert your mag shot shot and i was like oh oh yep cool not sure why that was blind anyway sweet so anyway my squad's up first and I'm, like i said earlier i'm like fuck it i'll just get this out of the way you know so i jumped out first bang impact and then i sort of rushed my second shot sort of kind of surprised like the first one <clears throat> and missed the second one and then <laughs> and then surprised you missed and, and no surprise i hit oh. yeah <laughs> and then while this was happening um there's actually a video of, of me completing the stage as i'm shooting collie is getting down because there's three people shooting at once doing this he's getting down in the background he forgot to put his bloody bolt in his gun didn't he and uh, <laughs> which is was was i didn't really notice it happening so i cleared my rifle moved off and i heard someone say oh he forgot his bolt and i didn't think much of it like oh, some random guy didn't put a bolt in his gun and then collie comes up to me he's like yeah nah not good and I'm like, what do you mean he goes i never never took my bolt didn't put my bolt in my gun like it's still in my backpack <laughs> i was watching from a distance and i was like uh i saw it i saw it happen and he reaches for his bolt it's not there and he almost reaches again no it's still not there <laughs> and then he sits up and you can see him shaking air and then the <laughs> sort of going through his own head i'm not going to be able to reshoot this and I thought, right, I'm not going over to say anything because I would not be a happy camper if it was me. So I thought I'll, <clears throat> I'll just stay over here, well away. Yeah, it was it was it was funny, like unfortunate as, especially in the by the end of the points in the weekend. But yeah. funny as flip. And then like Wilkie um, comes up and he's like, oh, going on about spring drift and stuff. And I'm like, what are you on about? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm gonna. I reckon Kestrel's saying I should put on like point two of spring drift and. The, and I was like, man, I just fucking shot at it, you know, like chill. It's like not even 400 meters. And then he reckons the shot went high. His both the shots went higher, but um, the spotters reckon both the shots went about 0.2 to the uh, to the spin drift side to the left. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what he put on for spin drift. So, <laughs> I was like, you just don't you don't even fucking worry about it. But anyway, so how many MOAs that target? shit Roughly. Anyway. Uh, no, no. is it half well no it's, it's a little bit less like three quarter well four inches three at 400 so yeah oh yeah yeah so it'll be about three quarter MI. yeah maybe. And, and unbeknown to us mostly to me because we've got a prize we'll skip forward but we've got a prize coming and yeah. like oh these people need to come forward and myself and like maybe it was like six or seven other guys get called forward like oh what have i done yeah. And we won a like a a badge, match DQ. a match post humorous <laughs> match DQ, um, like a first round impact award or something. Um, so I won like a badge, which Mark then took, and I've, I've yet yeah, to see. Thanks, because <laughs> he, he had Velcro on his jacket and he thought it looked good. Um, yeah, so that was, that was that was quite a nice little touch actually. I, I actually have actually got a few ideas to talk to you about for something similar with our um, uh, one k and one mile stuff. But anyway. Um, no, I do like. Yeah, it was a good yeah, little thing. Getting made in Especially China for cheap. A weird, a weird stage of two shots. Yeah. So like when I went into the stage, I was like, "This stage is a waste of time." Then I was one of the few people to hit it first shot, and I was like, "Man, that stage is awesome." Yeah. Then you got an award and go, "That stage is great." <laughs> that stage is great. I, we should. They should all be like that. 
<laughs> if you miss both shots again, it's a waste yeah. of time. I guess it's it's really easy for us to go. Oh, why would you do that? But when you're limited on what you can do on a range and with your distances, no, that's the thing. You've yeah. got yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've got to um, kind of something a bit different. It's good. Yeah, and um, and then the rest of the stage is more of the same. Yeah, you moved a few things around again. Some different props come through. I think we did two prop changes through the day. Oh, we, so we had this one stage. It was freaking actually my favourite stage of the weekend. Um, oh, Graham, tell us about your favourite stage of the weekend. Oh, there you go. Um, it was it was like fuck was it like there was a ladder, some tyres, some drums, drums, a yeah. tank trap, and a pile of cinder blocks. It was eighteen marked positions, and then it was was it two targets. Can't it was nine mark positions, sorry, eighteen shots. Yeah, twelve. Anyway, whatever it was, and you had you to like to move eighteen times, didn't you? I can't remember. I'm sure it was. It's a, anyway, Collie will he'll mess sure just you up. The book right there. But yes, yeah. so there's all these fucking position moves. <laughs> so it's cool. I think I got to like, I think I got like like eleven or or something. Yeah. Like I, I shot, I shot it pretty good because everyone was just fucking running out at like five or six. Not everyone, but like the, the average guy. And then, so, so pretty happy. And then the guys after us in our squad, they can collect all the game changes. They, so they like bolt a bag onto their gun. And then on all the, like the pointy props, they go get a bunch of game changers and pre-stage them. So when they start, there's like each point of the tank trap is a game changer. On oh, like the tires is a game changer, several other things. So there's no moving with a bag, essentially. Um, so the stages where a bag on the gun works, you've already got one on your gun, and the ones where you need a separate bag, they're already there. Boom, 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 boom. They did really well. And then the match director was like, what the fuck are you doing? It says in here, like, a bag or something. A bag and a tripod or something. Like, it did say it. There's a bit of confusion on what the, the RO let them do. No, so they asked the RO, can I do this? And he said yes. Yeah. Open the gate. So, so, and yeah. so then it got out of hand, and then that match director caught wind. As they were doing it, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, yeah, well, who's going to walk along with a bag full of bags and put them on every single prop? Yeah, I mean, but that's that's me, right? But like, we do practical no shooting. Sense. We do practical yeah, shooting, yeah. right? So I was like, well, no, you no, don't no, have no. that many fucking bags. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just keep my mouth shut, not my match. And then and then I was sort of, I was talking to some of the, the, the staff and someone comes and queries it, who's reasonably high up in the organisation. And they're like, well, no, it doesn't say they can't, but it turns out it did. So he comes back, oh, you guys are going to have to either uh, lose some of the points where they use the wrong gear or reshoot it. And then they're sort of like, oh, but I've enough ammo. And they sort of um, uh, bicker their way into a favourable result, I guess, maybe. Or something that worked for them with their lack of ammo by that point. Um, Did they end up with a partial reshoot? I think it was a partial. But uh, again, unlike yeah. the earlier one, they did ask the RO. And the RO said what they were doing was okay. Um, but a, but a, and a bunch of other people hadn't had that option, so hence why just these several, I think it was a couple in our squad and a couple in another squad, got to re, if they'd done it wrong, reshoot it. Um, yeah, but the thing is, the majority of people looked at that and said, That's, that ain't right. Yeah. What you're doing. Uh, well, you know, it doesn't make... Yeah. I'm sure that's not the intent. That's why mostly, so. That's yeah. why our unsportsmanlike behaviour rule is very important, because that automatically fouls that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very sportsmanlike, right? <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, and so, but <clears throat> it was a wicked stage, and it got um, unfortunately got stained by this um, uh, misinterpretation of the rules. It got cleared, didn't it? Yeah, it got fixed. Well, not quite. 
It got fixed no. up, but there's some. Someone cleared the stage. Uh, no, they got all the shots away. Ah. Uh, yeah, I think that oh, was. Yeah, I yeah. think that was Guy Jacko did. Guy Jackson, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, the, but that was probably the coolest stage. Just heaps of movement, and um, the targets weren't tiny, but they were small, so you still had to break a good shot. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was a real cool stage, and then. Most everything else was pretty well standard, I guess, wasn't it? Just prop stuff. and um, I would say over the weekend I made... I was real worried about... Because obviously you've got to shoot in a specific order and the targets aren't yep. numbered and they're in a crowded small range. So I was real conscious of IDing the correct targets. And um, there was two mistakes I made on the weekend. There was the one where that guy who sort of um, convinced the arrows he needed to reshoot. I... Got on that, did a prone shot. I was going pretty good and then got up again to do the two off the barricade. I shot the small, there's like a real small Ipsic at like, I don't know, 350, 400 metres, I don't know. Hit yeah. that, cool, because it's a hard shot to, to, to nail. Yep, boom, going good. And then you to engage a bigger target beyond it. Like a, a, quite a big target. But I engaged the, the little mini Ipsic twice. And as I shot it and watched my, so I like moved off it and moved back to it. As I, as I watched my bullet impact the second time, I was like, fuck, I've just shot the wrong target. But, and I obviously no call from the arrow. So I then moved back to the prone. So I kept the order. That was fine. And then on the same prop where I, sh- noughts and crosses, where I buggered myself up, meant to be two shots from each position. And one time I did one, then moved. Um, so what I should, and so what I did is I moved back and shot again. So I got myself out of order, yeah. but I managed to correct it and not lose the shot. Yeah, because if which is what I um picked up from watching is you've got to go through in your head um prior to the stage in case you've missed up in case you stuff it up. Basically, you have to work out how to get back on before you do the stage. If you know what I mean? You, yeah. you had to have in your head a plan to um get yourself back in order and understand how to do it. Otherwise, yeah, which I can see people just getting mentally stuffed up a few times doing that i was um i was real paranoid about the you mentioned earlier 30 second hang fire thing so if you close the bolt on no on no round yeah they go well we don't know that's not a dud and normally it's what it does you just fucking run out of ammo and it so it's like a 12 round stage or something or 14 round stage or whatever so i was real conscious of you know, moving and then cha- remembering to change my mag, um, yeah, and, and not have a, a hang fire, which isn't a, it's not fucking hang fire, it's empty chamber, but because that you can't afford that thirty seconds gone, so that was yeah. when I, and I was I was I was worried about that and I managed to not do it. So what I'd do, like instead of changing it, because a lot of time it'd be like, say shoot one round here, two there, one round there, two there, one round there, two there, and then and then carry on. So what I'd do is I'd get to nine rounds. It'd be a ten round mag, but I'd drop it at nine. Yeah, because it's like a, there'd be a pattern, and then I'd reinsert a full mag, and I'd complete the stage, rather than getting to ten and potentially closing on an empty. I'd I'd try and stay ahead of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now keeping track of your shots becomes a, a lot more important in terms of numbers counting. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. I'd be, 
you know my record of shooting wrong targets um it's pretty atrocious maybe so, when you did it twice I, in a row if i if i was to if i was that shit they'd be going who the fuck was that i'd be like shooting the target way across the other side or something you'd have to go out and put <clears> holes <throat> in your paper sorry, target sorry it was me again <laughs> you did it we're not there like there's no holes in my target there's another group on the next guy's target and then you're like man i better not do that again and then you did it again the next time I, I don't know. I did you see? I didn't see many wrong targets shot. To be fair, like completely wrong. Um, <clears throat> given, considering how narrow it is and how many targets are in that space, I was uh, yeah real surprised. One one um, of the one of the funniest things was people didn't in our shoots. It would be disaster. Oh, would <laughs> um, be. One of the great things was um, a, 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 a waratah broke like it got shot or something. And someone goes, oh, what, why's, the, why's the bloody range closed? And I was like, oh, bloody Waratah's been shot. And he's like, you Kiwis, coming over here with your made-up words? He's like, what's a Waratah? And I was like, oh, it's a, it's like, it's like a star picket or something over here. And he goes, well, just call it a star picket. And I was like, no, I was, I was like, Waratah's an Australian word. And he's like, no, it's not. And while I'm, doing, while I'm having this conversation, there's a heap of Aussies there involved in this, ready to gang up on me. Mark's like the quickest Google I've seen in my life brings up the history of Waratah. <laughs> and what did it say? Waratah is a, a prestigious Australian brand with over 130 years of history. <laughs> and they're going, oh, so it is Australian. So like, yeah. And then one of them goes, actually, we've got a bloody union team named after Waratahs. And then what I've just learned is a Waratah is a plant that grows, I'm pretty sure it might even be in Victoria, and it grows a big flower. So it is Australian as it gets, but um, they get confused by the term. I think it's a uh, state and locality dependent, um, and the fact they called it a star picket, and we're like, look, it's not even a star. No, it's three sided. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh yeah, I suppose you're right. But anyway, I was like, I couldn't believe it. It's like, yeah, star picket. That's what I'll be calling it from now on. And and the original term is a waratah an australian native uh plant a sturdy plant adapt to coping with harsh environments with low rainfall so there you go my australian friends because i know some of you listening it's as australian as it gets just like a dingo so we'll stick to root and sheep and you stick to making waratahs but yeah so that that was quite a laugh um a bit of a bit of a bicker in there and yeah and then we sort of wrapped up what do we wrap up about three o'clock on uh yeah a bit after that on yeah. sunday and then we went back, Still back to the pub push to get through yeah, yeah it was a push back to the pub for the prize giving which was quite early uh, 4 30 um like i said got an award for the uh cold shot uh cold bore shot with, with several other guys half a dozen other guys and um yeah i ended up in 19th Wilkie ended up 14th, and Collie ended up 3rd. So congratulations to Collie. Um, another good Australian podium. Um, I think he was a point behind Guy Jackson, who was last year's champion. Um, and then they were several points adrift of Ash, who won it. But um, that was a, was a pretty yeah, good... Yeah, so Ash, yeah. I had him was up by a bit on the first day, wasn't he? So Yeah, he, he was in our squad, and he like didn't drop a point for like the first... Six yeah. or seven stages or something. He was just smashing it out. So um, no, I did observe. I watched those 
because I knew who, who they were, you know, and I sort of observed them over the, I've got nothing else to do, um, just watching their process and stuff and the way they operate, yeah, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> they went up for uh, idle chit-chat, put it that way, anyway, yeah, especially when they're getting closer to shooting. <laughs> Not like us, so never stop. Nah. But but staging yeah. still took some, but um, yeah, they those uh, those guys over there that yeah, there's some good good guys, man. There's um, yeah, you got to sort of be on your game to to keep up with them. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, oh, and you had your your normal range of people. You had your excitable Italian guy waving <laughs> yeah, his did. arms around for two days. Oh, that, that, <laughs> quite, he was crack up. he was cool. Ass. Uh, we're seeing him in a couple of weeks. But um, all very friendly, um, and then it was good Sunday night. We spent a bit of time with some of the um, the PRS uh, uh, movers and shakers in the background things. So we're talking a bit of shop with them on how they do things, how they handle sponsorship, um, heaps of stuff, right? Um, Graham was telling them how to do it. No, <laughs> yeah, I think you should That'd do it like this. Wilkie, Wilkie spent the weekend telling people what to do. Yeah, no, Wilkie got in trouble for humbugging old people. So humbugging is when yeah. you harass old people for money. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a term I learned in the Northern Territory. So, um, poor old Dave from Carlos. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't leave alone. Um, uh, was there as the main sponsor, so he, he was good to catch up with him. But yeah, so every they... time I turn around, Wilkie would be over there <laughs> harassing him. Dude, it was funny when we turned up, um, Dave thought that um, Mark was Anthony Colley. <laughs> oh, that was and he, gold. And he's like, oh. So I was like, <laughs> I became, hey, Dave. He's like, oh, I've hey. These, uh, I've got these uni mounts uh, sorted for you, 34 mil ones. And I'm like, oh, I didn't never recall asking for them. Yeah, he said to said it, because I'd already, I'd like, I'd been talking to Dave for a couple of minutes. And he's like, hey, Graham, because obviously they, they sponsor a long range challenge and stuff. And then, then Mark one's up. He's like, oh, hey, mate. And, uh, like old friends. And, and then he brings up these mounts. And I was like, I was like, because they sort of deal with the Porter Machine Works mounts, which we can't get in New Zealand yet. And I was like, oh, this Mark ordered some mounts, has he? Like, I know he loves uni mounts. Like, he buys a lot of uni mounts. In fact, I've got a uni mount sitting here for him. And then, um, and then Mark, I sort of see Mark go, oh, okay, yep, thinking. I'm thinking, fuck, he must have forgotten he's ordered something. And then he keeps talking, he goes, yeah, oh, how's that, how'd that one to, one to ten scope I sent you, how's that going? <laughs> for, for Stuart Island. <laughs> did, that, did that arrive in time? I was like, oh, I think I know what's happening here. <laughs> he goes, so yeah. like, it's one of my proudest, proudest moments, Graham, being yeah. mistaken he's, for Collie. He's like, I'm not at the end of poor Dave's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> After he'd spilt half of the Carlos fucking secret stuff. But, um. But we, we actually I spent the rest of the weekend walking around going, do you know, <clears throat> get him away, I'm important. <laughs> do you know who I am? Um, do you know who I am? But it's good to catch up with him too because they want to do some more stuff going forward with the New Zealand stuff, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, productive, obviously, got my ass kicked, excuse me, ass kicked in the shooting, but productive. So expectation, you were, uh, I, you would have, um, oh, okay, yeah. You would have um, been aiming to get, into the 10, top 10, I suppose. No, oh, just, uh, I had an goal. ultimate goal, like a goal of a top 10. Like that was my sort of stretch yeah. goal, you know. Um, but I went in with an open mind. Um, yeah. Like there was some stages, that dumb stuff, you know, where, okay, maybe I should have got another six on that one stage. But everything else was just maybe a point here or Here's there. Here's me as team manager going in, thinking it'd be first, second, and third. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I... I um, Kiwi, Kiwi podium. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe dashed. I could have pulled in like a, a 15th or something. 
with my shooting on the day, yeah. but I, I wasn't going anywhere near the top, man. No excuses there. I just got hammered. Um, that good. You know, you, you can have did it. You, did young Michael, do shoot, did he shoot better day two? He should, yeah, I think I was sort of slightly maybe ahead of him on day one, maybe, and then he yeah. maybe, and then he um he shot a lot better on day two, but not again, that not to good. the level of these guys. No, no, no. But yeah, <clears throat> like like you said, you've got to be solid like nines, yeah, and tens to be to be looking at taking that out, um, especially because the wind was near non-existent. I think I held wind twice a weekend. Right. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a high point scoring. Um, match yep but yeah um so it was, it was good to learn how they're doing things again it's very very different from field stuff in new zealand um yeah. obviously and uh what uh, not that i can work on anything before we go next time because we've got a few things to get of our own to get finished before we go back but um just might maybe approach a couple of things slightly differently um uh, one thing we learned was because we're heading to oh, as long as my permits are approved by then we're heading to new south wales in a couple of weeks uh, for the next round and the guy organising that match the match director were talking to him and he's like oh it's, it's, it's a real shame like guys from out of state like they're not allowed to bring in their folding stocks and I was like what do you mean he's like oh folding stocks are illegal in New South Wales and I was like are they and he's like yeah and he's like wait do you have a folding stock Graham and I was like yeah I do <laughs> he's like oh shit and I said oh it's, it's it's deactivated but all you need to do to make it work is undo a like a cap screw an Allen, Allen head He's like, oh, it might get through customs. He's like, but it might not. So, but a towing and throwing and no. Oh well, to be honest, it's um, the guns in Z had a um, a Matrix Pro on the way, which I was going to end up with. So I just sort of uh, expressed that happening a bit quicker. Um, so I've got a Matrix Pro, uh, a Masterpiece Arms Matrix Pro chassis now. So I'm just trying to quickly get used to that. It is a nice chassis too. Holy shit, it is nice. Um, more weight? It weighs a pound more. I'm going to put a bit more weight in the rifle for the next Australian round though because yeah. I think it's um, I think it's needed. Not Again, not for here, not at all, but for there, I think having that... Like you watch them, they set the, the bag down and the gun, gun goes smack onto the bag and it's, it's there ready to go. Whereas I was sort of conscious of it and I'd get down bag in place put the rifle and i'll just have to settle the gun it'd take me like a couple of two three seconds to settle it to get a, <clears throat> to get a good shot away and um so it's just that, that big heavy gun man as long as you don't hurt yourself moving it um i guess yeah, i saw young michael wilkie get affected by that he completely dropped his gun at one stage i'm surprised he didn't get um <laughs> no, he was that was about as close to getting a fucking dq as you can like oh, I would have it was a quick if, recovery. If that was at home, I would have probably had to consult you guys. Like, what are we gonna do here? But they let him get away with it, man. I was like, fuck you, a lucky boy. <laughs> um shit. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't the, the nicest thing to happen. Um Loss of control. Loss of positive control of the firearm. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. actually written into our rules here now. Um but yeah, so yeah, it was a good uh good fun trip with the guys and like you said then we went to prize giving uh watched colleague get his award some of our new friends click their awards and had a another good evening with them guys and then we went back to accommodation packed all our shit up ready to what time did we get price up? table was quite cool yeah yeah good, good, good price table yeah um and then we, <laughs> it's a big um one of the plano gun cases under the table 
and it was there for ages, and people didn't realise it was one of the prizes. Some guys like, oh. He got drawn like like he would have been like thirtieth person or something too. Way eh? down, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, one guy sweet. sitting by us come back he was with like, like a t- over the moon. <laughs> he came back with a t-shirt, and the next guy got this big mean hard case, and he's like, "Wait," he's like, "Was that a fucking prize?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was sitting right there." And he's like, "No oh, fuck!" I think he thought like some of the prizes had, had been sent in it. <laughs> yeah, this was under the table, heading like, away. Man, if I had got drawn, I would have grabbed that and thrown my old one away, traveling yeah. home with it. Like it was nice. But anyway, that, that was that was a fucking laugh. Um, yeah, and then again, oh, we had a chicken parma, which is just like a piece of chicken fucking schnitzel sauce. Not that good. All the Aussies are going on about it. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was cool. And then so we went back. We packed our shit up. Uh, oh, one thing when we, we first get to Buckham, I was like, man, I really want to see a kangaroo, right? Because I haven't really seen any. And we're like leaving yeah, Buckham. Yeah to go to the range and this kangaroo's on the side of the road and I was like oh kangaroo and it just leaps in front of the car and it's in a split second yeah <laughs> and in that split second I was going when I was at Hertz and they said do you want to uh, lower your $1500 excess I was like nah <laughs> and in that moment I regretted it for a brief instant Man. and we nearly pissed all this kangaroo yeah wouldn't have been good and then on the way yeah, home the last yeah yeah so this was like what three o'clock in the morning we so we yeah i said uh note to self don't drive at 3 a.m yeah i learned that in wa so we so we we again go out we get like a couple hours sleep get up me and wilkie are awake already at 3 a.m do you know how it is get the fuck pack the fucking car and we're just driving out of buckham again we're just sort of getting maybe another car at the road and, and mark's like oh how how secure those gun cases like are they going to slide forward if we have to stop suddenly and then was like not even five seconds later a kangaroo fucking runs out front of us and he has to lock the brakes off and we'll smash forward into the seats it's like man that couldn't have been planned any better and and that and that was about it then we drove back and uh, mark dropped us off at uh melbourne airport and we again processed the firearms and I'm not gonna lie, I was using my peripheral vision a lot from then on. Yeah, you would. would you? Oh man, it was. Um, it's just different. Yeah, we're not used to like shit running out in front of you. No, nah, it's right? probably yeah. The first hour and a half, you've got more bush stuff. And in fact, actually, what helps nowadays is the satellite navigation has the actual satellite view on it on on the, on the car, so you can see when you're coming into wooded wooded areas at night. So you can actually basically tell. If the risks can be higher or lower for, for stuff running onto the road, because even hitting a a few other things wouldn't be flash the wombats things like that. Are Apparently they write car off. Yeah, they're, they're solid. Everyone, I'm going how they're not big and they're like yeah they're pretty fucking solid. So, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's just it's 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 cool. It was it was a fun trip. Um, getting yep. home was no big deal. Oh, so we left. One of the reasons we left so early because our flight was like midday. We're like, oh fuck, traffic through Melbourne. You gotta go right through Melbourne. We're like, traffic's gonna <laughs> be, go through Melbourne. it's gonna be fucked. Like, this is it's gonna be uh, terrible. There's more people in Melbourne than there is in New Zealand. I found out, right? So we're like, oh, okay, we just breezed through Melbourne. We didn't have to stop for no one. Turns out it was like King's birthday. No one was out. <laughs> King's birthday Monday. Yeah, it's just like straight through Melbourne, no traffic. Yeah, it took like no time. And so we're at the airport. We're like, four, once we checked the guns, it's like we didn't fly out for like four hours, but we managed to sneak into the Corrie Lounge. Um, Quite a nice crew lounge, I'll say as well. And um, thanks. No, there wasn't with your card this time. You were in there. I tried to get into the Qantas Club, and they were like, "No." <laughs> and um, man, I so I've never been in Corrie Lounge before. Went in a bunch with you and and, and 
Anthony over this time, and um, they're good. Like that Melbourne one was. That is a full time barista bringing you drinks. There's everything. It was. Uh, it was. It was good. It was uh, a nice way to. It was you know because we spent like three three hours there, then we went to boarding, and there's all these um, people just sitting at boarding. It was miserable. There's kids crying. And I was thinking, yeah, I might have to get one of these Coro Club memberships that I keep flying a bit because, well, I mean, you shower, you can... Anyway, it just makes life easy. It's, it's um... <laughs> All hard. It happened to be in Brisbane. Um, we were flying out, coming home just the, to yesterday, and uh, we got separated at the um, border control. And I said, oh, I think I'll catch up with Alex my wife can get through so so I went to the Coro Club waited around a bit went in there had a coffee caught up with someone I ran to someone I knew I was like oh where's Alex she hasn't turned up yet <laughs> she, she thought I'd deliberately abandoned her and <laughs> she was sitting at the gate fuming I was like oopsie oh you're in the lounge so, yeah <clears throat> Mark anyway I bet that went down well ah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> tired and emotional Oh yeah, can imagine. But yeah, so that and that that pretty much wrapped up. We jumped on the plane, flew home. Yep. We had to panic. Uh, Don't mention did... electric car. Tip of the day. No, no. So what happened with the electric car, Mark? Uh, I couldn't find anywhere to charge it properly, so I had to park it up until I left again, because I needed enough electricity to get back to the airport. Great. None of the charging stations. You can just swipe a card. Like a credit card or anything, you've got to basically download the app, get an account, blah, 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 change the app store, you know. Boring story for another time. So wait, are you telling me you're not voting for Marima Davidson anymore after this? No. Julianne Genta. Damn it. Oh, that ruins our uh, coalition, we hope. But anyway, I think that about wraps up. Any closing thoughts on the first trip to Australia for us, Mark? No, it's good. Uh, it's first uh, trip as manager. I think... Um, you got offered a job by another group of Australians to manage them. Yeah. Oh, we that's forgot. How, <laughs> that's how good they thought I did. We forgot to or say. because I was the only person who was, uh, inverted commas, managing a team. That's true. Maybe, <laughs> I think they thought it was a serious thing. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> we, well, I'm like, on the first day, like halfway through, I noticed Mark's got like a really expensive um, like mirrorless camera. And I'm like, where'd you get that? And he goes, oh, no, Josh from... Um, from Paris, Oz, and so obviously Impact Dynamics and all that sort of things. Oh, yeah, they've, they've got me doing photography. So Mark's running around taking photos. And next time I see him, he's got a another camera with a freaking lens about a foot and a half long on it, worth Even about bigger. Yeah, and I was like, man. It's... So he was best buddies with everyone. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, I think we should probably wrap it up there, Mark, because we're at a hundred minutes. Right. Um, it was a wicked trip. A real good fun with with, with Colin Wilkie and you and. Hopefully, if my paperwork's all sorted, we'll be doing it again in a couple of weeks. Um, we've got our long range challenge. Uh, sorry, our uh, masterpiece arms winter field shoot coming up in about four days. So I am amongst a bunch MPA of police winter shoot. Amongst a bunch of police paperwork, I'm trying to get done for range certification and obviously international travel with firearms. That's pretty well ready to go. So that'll be kicking off on Saturday, um, and we'll probably do another podcast about that. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. See you later, everybody.